pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 227. Today I'm going to chat with Michael Bonamico from Custom Smith MFG, discuss a lawsuit against New York's public nuisance law, highlight the first new Marlin from Ruger, and talk about electronic devices that may be trying to kill us. I'm your host, Ava Flanell. I'm so glad that I made it to the show because, Michael, I hate to say it, but I totally forgot about you. And I was working out this morning. I did a bar class. I'm trying to get back in shape. It sucks. And yeah, 20 pounds later. And then we were doing breath work. And then it was like, I can only relate it to like, you know, in the movie, like Home Alone, where they realize that they left their kid at home. You know, they're just like relaxing, doing breath work. And then all of a sudden your eyes open up really wide and you're like, oh, shit, I have to do a show. (laughs) And so then I even like rushed out of there midway. You know, I mean, luckily I was able to work out. It was just towards the end. And then uh, rushed home, looked through the show notes really quickly because I don't put the show notes together. And here I am. So I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> but it sounds well, like you forgot as well. Yeah, this is totally true. Yeah, I mean, I just went through my morning. I wake up at six, start working and process orders and everything was going smooth. And I had a moment to, to myself to contemplate life, the universe and everything. And yeah. I was like, oh, wait, there's <laughs> something I'm forgetting. You know what and, it is? Uh, it's because like in between, well, when the show comes out, I guess it will have been New Year's, but you know, in 2022, but it's Thursday, December 30th. You know, I've seen lots of memes pop up where it's like that week in between Christmas and New Year's Eve. And it's like, you don't know what day it is. You don't know what's going on. And I totally feel that. Yeah, that's kind of been my life for the last three months, actually, because it's business has just picked up and it's been so busy. I work every day and so I just I lose track. Like, yeah, the only time I know it's the weekend is because my wife isn't working. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's that makes like, sense. You know, I'm like, oh, you're you're not working today. Oh, it's Saturday. Huh. Hey. Check that out. Yeah. You're like, excuse <laughs> me. It's 930. Why are you still in bed? No. <laughs> Yeah, I totally oh, I, I praise her for that. Yeah. yeah. No, I get that. When you become self-employed, you don't, I mean, Mondays don't mean anything. Fridays don't mean anything, you know, stuff like that. But yep. all right, before we get into it, I'm going to talk about Smith & Wesson real quick. So if you guys are looking for an AR-15, definitely check out the MMP-15 Sport 2. They have a number of different versions to choose from, including versions with standard forens, the A2 front sights, or the Magpul MOE furniture with railed gas blocks for flip-up sights. You can also get them with the Crimson Trace Red Dot. They have a 16-inch barrel and a six-position stock. MSRP on these ranges anywhere from $768 to $834, which is pretty good considering, you know, most ARs nowadays are over $1,000. You could check these out, a bunch of other really great guns at smith-wesson.com. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. I'm really excited to get to know you. 
For those who aren't familiar with custom Smith manufacturing, and I've been following your stuff for a little while, but I guess I'm not as well versed in everything that you do. For me and other listeners, can you just kind of fill us in, give us like a rundown of of what the company entails? Sure. So I'm an additive manufacturing company, and that's really, that's super cool speak for 3D printing. Okay. And really it is more of additive manufacturing than your normal 3d printing, which everybody thinks of those little things on your desk that, you know, go back and forth and melt layers on layers. I actually invested in a machine made by Hewlett Packard, which is this, you know, it's a giant machine. It's in my garage and I work out of my house, but the thing is, is it, it creates parts that are injection molded quality. Right. And I have the ability to rapidly make, items and parts overnight, literally. Wow. So what I do is what I'm, I got into this because I fell in love with the Gearhead Works tail hook, Mm -hmm. uh, which was only made for AR-15 buffer tube style pistols. And I am a a big lover of sub guns and the nine millimeter cartridge for that matter. And most of those guns aren't, aren't like AR style. They're, you know, they're blowbacks and they don't have buffer tubes and so I went about making adapters to, I wanted to throw this tail hook on everything. I really liked it. And so that's kind of how I got started into this. I did start off with, you know, your little desktop sort of thing. And it sort of just grew from making adapters for my friends to all of a sudden realizing that there was a market. And next thing I know, my wife and I are discussing, we just took our own money and invested in a $100,000 machine to make quality stuff. Cause you know, I mean, people deserve something that's never going to break and, you know, mm-hmm. gave me the ability to really expand uh, the types of products. So I went from just making tail hook adapters and hosts to making grips and stocks and forends and all sorts of stuff. And the other thing that was really neat was like, I ended up having to teach myself how to use CAD and do the computer, you know, do the design work as well. So I don't know. It, it's one of those things where it just sort of evolved over a couple of months. And next thing I know, I just started making all these parts. And whenever people ask for something, you know, if I think it's feasible, I make it and then I put it out to market. So wow, that's awesome. And just to confirm, so this was back in was this 2007 that you started? Custom Smith? No, it was a 2017 is when I when I started the company. I was actually I'd been in IT working for IT uh, in various companies for like 25 years, and I was getting laid off by this one company, and I sort of had this 3D printer sitting off to the side as a hobby, and I looked over at it and I just you know I spun up the company as I was getting laid off. Nice. And it all kind of worked out. Like one door closes, another opens. That's exactly what happened for me. Yeah. I meant to say 2017. It's just, you know, one of those days I just looked at the show notes real quick and I was like, yeah, 2007. Yeah. The company's actually come really far then considering, I mean, 2017 wasn't that long ago. And you actually, so before the show started, I detected that you have a little bit of like an East coast accent, which I just have an ear for it. I think because I'm still like secretly like in love with the East coast as hard as that might be <laughs> to understand because people are like, why would anyone want to live there? I mean, it has some, in my opinion, it has quite a bit of pros. It does have a lot of cons, but 
So you're from New Jersey originally. You lived in, or I'm sorry, you didn't live in New York City. You commuted and worked in New York City for, was it 25 years? Yeah, it was uh, two hours in, two hours out for 25 years straight. Which is like um, the total norm. People don't realize yeah. that. But when you live, like even like Connecticut, like all of the states that, you know, kind of surround New York, it's actually, I mean, you could easily live in one state and commute to, you know, New York and take, you know, your commute could be two hours both ways, three hours, both ways. And that's like totally normal. Yep. Yeah. It's a hundred percent normal. And, you know, I mean, it's something that you get used to. And then, you know, the market collapsed. Uh, this is when Obama was, uh, in office uh, back in 2010 and we decided to sell the house and move out to Phoenix and, uh, never looked back. It was the greatest thing that we ever did. Yeah. I'm pretty jealous that you live in Phoenix because I was just recent in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I was like, Oh, I need to buy like a winter house here. It's amazing. And I'm not like a big uh, fan of snow, so I'm totally jealous. Uh, you know, great place to live. Okay. Then that's when you moved to Arizona. And then in 2017, you started the business and it is kind of crazy how one thing leads to another. I'm kind of curious, like what, your wife's reaction was when you're like, okay, look, so hear me out. So this 3d printer, yeah, it's like doing the job, but like, what if we spent a hundred thousand on a machine that's going to do even better? <laughs> yeah, that's, she's great. She comes from a finance. She has her MBA in finance. Uh, so she's the money, you know, catalyst. Like she makes sure everything's always paid. Right? <laughs> yeah. But she saw what I was doing and like I had my little rinky ding 3D printer and then I upgraded to uh, like a $14,000 one. And then I had three of those and they're nonstop running, you know, and these were able to put in carbon fiber and stuff like that. So it was still kind of quality. But, you know, when I presented this to her, I was like, look, I think we should take the next step. She's like, well, your sales do nothing, but you constantly my chart was always going up. She's like, you're always in the right direction. You're mm -hmm. doing the right thing. She's like, so yeah, I think we should do it. And I was like, wow, cool. And so we pulled all the money out of our savings and stuff and went and did it. And I was able to actually pay us back in a year and a half, which wow. was nice. Yeah. So. That's really great. And so kind of tell me about like the design process. So first you just started making, you know, the adapters that would accept the tail hooks but when you decided to kind of branch out from that, what was the design process like? And was there just a lot of trial and error? Or did you kind of just hit the nail on the head pretty quickly? It was some trial and error, you know, because one, I was, I was learning as I was going, uh, learning CAD. So learning something that I, you'd never used before uh, was was quite challenging. Mm -hmm. um, because I have an IT background, it was a little easier. And then technically like when I went to college to be in art, I was like taking computer art classes when I was back in when I was like 18, 19 or whatever. So I sort of had, you know, that experience in there to be able to assimilate the program, but it was more of, of finding out like what I could do and what's possible and what is needed. Like everybody would be like, Oh, make this for a Glock. I'm like, no, because the market's saturated. Why would I do something that's already there? You know, you can find it already. Yeah. My biggest leap, the thing that really made help push my company forward was I got into BNT firearms and um, I joined the BNT Facebook group. And there was like 300 people in that group at the time, you know, it was really small. Nobody really knew about BNT guns. You know, they're kind of, they're expensive. So they're, 
sort of, you know, the foo-foo guns, mm-hmm. but there weren't a lot of aftermarket parts for them at all. And so I started doing parts for them and I ended up having like owning every BNT gun because I kept on making more parts for each one. And I'd stylized parts to make sure that it worked and matched with the gun the way that the gun was stylized and stuff, you know, the little accents that they had on their lowers I'd put on my, my grips and stuff like that. So that sort of helped get me going. And then, you know, once I really started getting into the groove, you know, then I was like, okay, cool. BNT. I was like, and then I finally, you know, had a chance to get uh, an MP five K and I moved on to those. And, you know, my love for sub guns just kept on growing and, my safes kept on getting fuller and fuller. And this is the one thing I never told my wife was how many guns I was purchasing. Oh, right. <laughs> R&D. But the money kept on coming in, you know, so it's like it, it ended up paying for itself. But it was one of those, you know, it kept on getting, it was getting out of control at, at one point. I was like, wow, I, I'm just nuts with with firearms. Uh, yeah. It was, it was great. Though. So, you know, every month was a new Christmas for me. Right. So. I love it. So I actually, I'm looking at your website right now and, uh, the HK, the MP522. It's funny. Cause I just had to do a reenactment of die hard with that gun and HK gave, uh, they picked a few people to do this reenactment video and they gave us a choice between the pistol and the rifle. The rifle already comes with a stock and a like fake suppressor. And I figured, you know what, I'm going to do the pistol, put my own suppressor on it. Uh, pretty good friends with SB Tactical, thinking that like, well, the MP5 22 is probably just like the like MP5, you know, the nine millimeter version, thinking that like all these parts are obviously going to work. Like, why wouldn't they? And they don't. Yeah. And nothing. I mean, this I, I hate to say it, but like the HK, the MP5 22 has been a freaking nightmare because none of the parts that I thought were going to work and, you know, that I had planned for this video, nothing works. And so I see you actually make the adapter for it as well as like the the tail hook for it and stuff because, yeah, that's been like kind of a letdown. I was hoping, you know, maybe to put like one of those 1913 SB braces on it and kind of make it look a little cooler and just sort of give me, you know, yep. just have my gun look a little bit different than everybody else's gun that they're going to be using for their videos. And I ended up just using, I suppressed it, which was easy enough. But other than that, I couldn't do anything else with it. It was really yeah, frustrating. It, it's amazing because, you know, I didn't even realize that that gun had come out and a customer reached out to me and he's like, oh, you know, can you make an end cap for it? I was like, well, why? Why don't you just, there's plenty of, you know, 19th, he's like, I have them yeah. already for the M5. He's like, they won't fit. I was like, really? You know, he's like, yeah. And I, you know, I went on Gunbroker and I found one really cheap. And I bought one and, you know, three days later I had the end cap because, wow. you know, and that was the neat thing. The difference is so small. It's amazing, but I know it, it's enough difference that you know you have to make a separate end piece for it. And I but don't understand. I so <laughs> like I don't understand why companies do that. I mean, obviously it opens the market, well, but it's like it's so frustrating. It's I mean it's the same reason why you know guns when they first hit the market they're not going to chances are they're not going to be optic ready because then six months later they're going to roll out the optic ready version. But right. in this case, I don't understand the reasoning behind it. Like if HK is well, like, hey, you know what? We're going to make an MP5 that most of the general public can afford. It's $500. Yeah. 
then it just, I mean, it sucks because I'm like, I should have just went with the rifle or I should have, if I was paying for it, like put another thousand dollars and went with, uh, the MP5 that Century Arms now is pushing out. Right. You know, well, the HK actually, so they subcontracted this to Umarex. So Umarex is actual, the that's producer right. Of yeah. And I'm guessing that they did it so that they could sell their own aftermarket parts. Like you were saying, it, yeah. it's still, so it would be a Umarex end cap, a Umarex stock, so on and so forth, which makes sense. I mean, business-wise. Yeah. But it was a surprise to me, but it was a welcomed one because, you know, I mean, I did not know how many people really were needing this. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, I mean, I try to keep up with things in the market, but you can't, <laughs> I didn't know everything. Yeah. And uh, this has been a, a great thing it's been a great seller and i know there's another guy out there that's making one haggard defense and dan and i are are good friends actually we kind of compete we do the same exact thing in a sense okay so that's actually who i just reached out to to get the end plate for the mp5 oh yeah and now here i'm like on your website and i was like oh okay and you're actually less expensive but (laughs) but he was really nice to send me one out and he had one like they were out of stock, but he was able to find one that he sent me out. And I was like, yes, thank you. Cause you know, I looked around and I couldn't find anybody, but now that I know that you're able to just like crank stuff out, I should reach out to you anytime I can't, you know, find a aftermarket part for it. Yeah. That's literally the beauty of my company is, is that, and I say it on the website, it's like, if anything's ever out of stock, you can back order it. Yeah. It'll be shipped within three days. Like my back order is three days tops. Your prices also are really affordable. And I I guess in some ways that kind of makes sense because what people don't realize is like people are always like, man, like you're paying all this money for basically polymer, but they don't realize that like a lot of these companies, they invest in the mold because it's usually, you know, mold injected. At least I hope I'm describing this, you know, the way that it was described to me. But that mold costs like so much money that obviously they have to pay it back somehow. And that increases the prices on these parts. Whereas you're saying that like your 3D printer, essentially, it's such great quality that it's you're basically getting like an injected molded item minus the mold fee, I guess. Exactly. And that's the thing is the. With injection molding, any change, you have to create a whole new mold, right? Yeah. So, and a mold can cost from 10000 to 20000 even $30,000 just to make that mold. And then you have to make sure that you make enough parts that you recoup your costs and then also make a profit. So with this, I mean, you could be like, hey, Mike, I want one uh, with a picture of my face on it, you know, just like that that, uh, that holster you are talking about the other day, um, which, you know, Nobody wants a, their face on a, on a thick rail adapter. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can do like that. Like if a company came to me and they're like, we want our logo on a bunch of your adapters, you know, I can do it. And it's like, there's no charge. There's no change in the price. Yeah. You know, it, it's, I make the change. I send it to print and it's done. I actually work with LWRC on that. They, they buy one of my mag loaders and, you know, I offered to put their logo on it and take my logo off. And they're like, great. And I was like, no charge. And, they're happy, you know, yeah. and we're happy. It's a really cool, nimble business. Nice. I mean, the fact that, you know, I mean, for the end cap, I just had to move the hole a little bit. 
you know, and everything else. It was just like my other end cap. I also had to add a little bit of material to it too, to, because there was some other dimensional accuracy that was off. So that made it wiggle. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was, you know, two days of work to get it right. And then boom, it's out the door. Wow. So it's so crazy. Like what a time to be alive, you know, with all the advanced very, technology. Yeah. It's, it's very satisfying actually to, you know, and everybody, one of the things that, you know, cause I've been into firearms since I moved out to Arizona. I mean, I, I had a gun, uh, out in Jersey, but it's like, you can't use it. There's no ranges. It was like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like owning a space shuttle, <laughs> you know, you just can't use it. So when I got out to Arizona, I really got into firearms because I was finally able to go out and shoot and, and enjoy them and, and whatnot. And everybody was comfortable, you know, pretty much in the state around a firearm, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, yeah, they're accepted items out here. But the thing that I found is in the industry, it was always frustrating. You know, people would be like, oh, we're going to have this come out and it's going to be in six months. And then it's another delay of another six months. And it'd take years for stuff to come out. And as a consumer back then, that was very frustrating, you know. And for me, now when I have a part, I, you know, it's going to come out in a couple of weeks. I, you know, it comes out in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, barring like if it's so new that, I have to do extensive testing, you know, cause I'll take it out in the field and I, you know, I run like a thousand rounds through it and make sure that it holds up to normal wear and tear. But yeah, I mean, it's really super satisfying to be able to have that edge on everything. Yeah. It's coming out and it's coming out now. So I love it. I'm going to take a quick break real quick. Talk about primary arms. If you guys are looking for a great low power variable optic for an AR, Primary Arms has a couple of great choices in stock right now. So the SLX, the 1 to 6 by 24 SFP is a great choice for an affordable option, only $289. Just remember, since it's the second focal plane scope, the holds are only calibrated for maximum power. Then there's the SLX 1 to 8 by 24 FFP with the ACSS Raptor. It's just a little more because of the front focal plane, but it still is really affordable for what you get at only $479. It's a great buy for the features and your distance holds are the same regardless of the zoom. Check both of those out at primarms.com. Remember with either of those or any other primary arms optic that you buy, if you use the code AVA, that's A-V-A, you're going to get a free one-piece scope mount with every primary arms optic. One thing that you came out with really quickly was the rail adapter for the kel P50, which when it was first okay. announced, I thought, man, this thing like really needs to be able to have a brace. Sure enough, you had a brace ready to go before hardly anyone even had the P50 in hand. Yeah, that was a, that was an expensive endeavor because I had to get one through gun broker and I had to bid a lot. Oh to get man. It. Yeah. Cause it just came out. I can only imagine when you paid yeah, for it. That was a rough one, but that's the thing. Well worth it. I also love with Caltech stuff. It's always like, well, MSRP and you're like, I will never pay MSRP because for whatever reason, they don't make a lot of them when they come out. So it's like, you're always paying way more regardless of the gun than what MSRP ever is. Yeah. But, um, it was worth it. It was, you know, and I have, you know, I already had a bunch of guns that uh, use the five seven cartridge. So I was, you know, I was just adapt to getting it anyway. You know, I knew it was something I wanted to get. But yeah, I, I couldn't fathom why they would not 
make it with a pick rail on the back of it. Mm-hmm. Like I just couldn't fathom that. Like it's such a fun looking gun, you know, why, why not make it ready for anybody to either SBR or throw a brace on it? I couldn't fathom that, but yeah, I mean, it gave me an opportunity. So I'll, I'll thank them for that. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. My editor, he found you on Instagram, I guess, about a year ago. He got one of your foreigns and adapters for his SP5K. Said he really likes them. They were basically what he'd been wanting for years, but no one else had ever made them with the same features and ergonomics in mind. Do you mostly work from your own inspiration or designing things like that? Or do you look for customer feedback? I mean, is it mostly customer feedback that you're making these parts or is it also, I mean, are you like, you know, scanning the internet or scanning these, you said like certain Facebook groups, you know, where they talk about maybe just like a, an issue that they're having like, oh man, I wish somebody would make this. I mean, where would you say your inspiration comes from? 25% is from customers. I think, you know, I'll either have a customer ask me to make something and then I'll cut a deal with them where I'll ask them like, if, you know, if it's something that's not out there at all. I'll be like, well, do you want this just for yourself or to market it? Or, you know, do you just want it? And then if it works out, I can sell it, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm to agree, you know, easy agreement. I'm very easy going about stuff like that. Nice. Um, and, and most of the times, like when the customer has an idea and it's like, I really like it, I end up giving it to them for free. I'm like, thanks for the idea. Here you go. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, depending on what we agree to, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, you know, I, you know, I mean, I, I make things that I want in guns, you know, that I see or feel a need for. I love the MP5K. It's my most favorite gun, probably. Uh, it's definitely my top five, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. However, so yeah, I mean, I made an angle foregrip for it, uh, which is super comfortable and, and it works great. And then I finally got uh, my SOT. So now I have a bunch of full autos and stuff like that. And then after shooting it a lot, you know, the trunnion on that gun gets really hot and that's, you know, in your front by your gripping hand. And so I decided to make a front grip that goes over the trunnion that covers that up. So it, you know, shields your hand. And I didn't even know that Magpul was actually kind of starting to make furniture for the MP5, but I kind of made, you know, like they did the same thing in a sense, but Mine came out, I think, two weeks before theirs hit market, which was just by chance. Like, all of it was all by chance. I don't know if they actually make anything for the K. I I think they only make it for the MP5. But anyway, I made a really cool front forearm for the MP5K that looks like the normal full-size MP5 uh, front forearm. And I I just love it. I think it's aesthetically super pleasing. And um, even though it doesn't have a vertical, like I made one that has a vertical grip, that doesn't have a vertical grip. I have one with rails on it. Like I can change around things so quick, you know, and give it all the options that customers want. You know, it's like, oh, you want this, you want that. No, no big deal, you know. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to being nimble, you know, I'll have a customer that's like, look, I have this kind of optic, you know, that I'm running and it needs to be lowered by this much, you know, or I need this kind of clearance and I can do it. So it's uh it's neat and that's where the custom comes from you know it's like that's why i can constantly custom stuff out for people on the fly and yeah happen but that's super cool let's talk about some of the other stuff that you guys make so magazine accessories what does that include um i make a loader mostly loaders so i uh the bnt folks actually 
some people requested a mag loader for the BNT magazines, which is weird because it's a double feed magazine and super easy to just, you know, use your thumb to, to pop rounds in. But, uh-huh. you know, you always, you know, it's not always a bunch of young people loading magazines. I mean, the age range in firearms is huge. And I always get, you know, old gentlemen calling me uh, with very long conversations about stuff. But, <laughs> you know, it's like that's the market. It's like people with arthritic hands and stuff. They need assistance, mm-hmm. right, for loading mags. And so, you know, I make mag loaders for those. The what Glock if- 44 uh, Pro Mag came out with an 18-round magazine. So I made a mag loader to help assist that because the, the little wings on the side to pull it down for the 22 rounds, they're even too tiny for my hands. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah, so I was just like, looking at that, and I was like, I don't understand because, like, you would think – I guess I didn't really think about it. I don't own the Glock 44, but I've, you know, I've shot one, but I guess maybe I didn't really think too much into it when I was loading it. Cause I'm like, you know, most 22 uh, magazines have those little things on the side that you just press down and it helps you to load. Yeah. But that makes sense. Cause I'm looking at the picture and I'm like, huh, what does that thing do? So it, you just put it over it and then it gives you a little bit more to grab onto as opposed to those little tabs on the side. Exactly. And and that's, and it's only for the pro mag version, the, the factory Glock mags are fine. Their ears, I call them ears or whatever, but there are little tabs that you pull down on, on their, their They're size fine. ninth. Yeah. But the 18 rounder the, from pro mag just needs a little help. Yeah. You know? and, well, especially if you're loading 18 rounds, <laughs> I would yeah. say, yeah. What about the P90 mag loader? This one looks kind of interesting. Yeah, that's more, that's an assist. Um, I had to say that because I had one customer call me up and freak out. He's like, this is no way a speed loader. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, just helps, you know, because the P90, especially because the, the P90 mags, you know, there's 50 rounds in there and yeah. pushing your thumb down and, and, and getting that round in like first 10 is fine, but you know, and actually the first mag is fine, but mm-hmm. if you're like me and if you're trying to load like three or four mags, you're there for a while. And so I designed this to just help with that process. And there's no easy way to explain how to use it, which is the biggest complaint as people are like, how, how do I use this? I'm like, look, you're just going to have to figure it out. <laughs> Maybe you just have you, over. did you submit like a YouTube video or something? Because you could always, I do have, yeah, I have a, a brief one, but it is something though that like it, it's so I saw a lot of these and I like, my goal is to make one that is a speed loader. Like mm-hmm. it's like, it's not a back burner thing. It's like a side burner right now. So I'm hoping to get one created because it would just be so helpful to anybody uh, to be able to load 50 rounds in that in minutes, instead yeah. of, you know, 20 minutes. So I know music to my ears. That's the one thing I hate. I know it's weird because I post speed loaders on my Instagram page all the time and people are like, oh, no, I just I have speed loaders. They're called my thumbs. And I'm just like, who has time for that? Like when I go to the range, I don't want to spend, you know, the whole day loading magazines. And then usually I like to load my magazines before I go to the range or just load them once I'm out. Like, okay, load them all up again, because like once you get in that zone and you start shooting, you don't want to be like, oh, shit, I just ran out of freaking ammo again. All right, go back to the bench. Let's load it. It's like it's just such an inconvenience. And And if you could do it quicker, why wouldn't you? You know? Yeah. 
obviously, and there's, there's shooters and then there's shooters too. There's people that like, Hey, three mags and they're done with their box and a half of, of nine Yeah, you know? <laughs> where, you know, it's like when I go out, it's like, I'm literally, I have 500 rounds that I have to go through. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, mag loaders are, are definitely a plus, uh, in the industry, you know, depending on what you have to do with it, you know? It's, yeah. Definitely. And then also I get asked all the time, they're like, how do you have long nails in the gun industry? I mean, I've had long nails my entire life and they're real, but I mean, like mag loaders totally freaking help. It's, you know, I mean, you wouldn't get it, but that's like a must for me. I see you also make mag extenders and this is, you know, again, this isn't for like every magazine out there, but it looks for like for the, the B and T's, uh, the CS, the CSM. Mm -hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah, whenever I can find something that's, that's, you know, nobody else makes one and like, I, I feel like I, I could use it uh, I make it, you know, like I said, I make it for myself first, <laughs> you know, yeah I'm a garden, you know, I want my own toys. Yeah, yeah. And, that, uh, I hear you on that. I'm going to take another quick break, talk about IWI. you're probably familiar with IWI because you actually make a accessory for them, which I'm in need of. So the Uzi Pro, I actually, I really like this gun. Somebody just messaged me the other day and they're like, okay, honest thoughts on it, which guys, I will always give you my honest thoughts. Even if I'm sponsored by the company and I don't like it, like Smith and Wesson, when they came out with their shotgun, I really wasn't a fan. I thought it was hideous and I mean, it shot okay, but I'm not really a fan of like bullpup shotguns. Same with the IWIs. You know, it's cool, It's but it's definitely a beast. It's going to have a lot more recoil. The Uzi Pro, I really like. I had to put probably about 50 rounds through it to break it in because I was kind of having some feeding issues. And then after that, it like runs flawlessly. But the one thing that I don't like about it is the brace on it. It's like I hate the look of when the brace is like the size of the gun. It just doesn't yeah. look right. It looks so weird to me. I definitely want to replace the brace. And again, this has nothing to do with, you know, I love SB Tactical and all that they do, but that brace just doesn't look good on it. And I think moving forward, like if IWI, you know, has like maybe another generation of Uzi Pro that comes out, I would say do away with that brace. But you happen to make an adapter for it and then it'll be able to accept what is it, the tail hook? Yeah, so I make a few things. So I make an arm that's you can swap out the SP tactical brace. And so it's an arm that uses the same hinge, and then you're able to then throw a tail hook on the end of that. Oh, okay. Um, I also make a pick rail adapter though, so that then you can put on, you know, any other 1913 style folding brace, or you know, I mean if you SBR the pistol, you know, then you can put on regular stock. Nice. Uh, which is really good. Nice. The other thing, yeah, and then there's the forend that I make, which is super cool. I love it because it completely changes the look of the gun. I know that coolness isn't a real factor, but I think it looks makes the gun look aesthetically more pleasing, and it gives you more rail space and stuff. Gives you a a three nine o'clock, as well as either a built-in AFG or just another bottom rail. So, okay, so I didn't know that you made the forend. So I'm definitely gonna have to check that out on your website right now, which coolness factor, I mean, it does mean aesthetics, like, 
yeah, obviously, first thing is you want the gun to be comfortable to shoot. You want it to be reliable. And at the end of the day, I would take that over aesthetics or, you know, what it looks like any day, especially when it comes to guns. But after, you know, you have that, then it's like, if it's just hideous, like why, if you could, you know, make improvements, like why wouldn't you do that? And so, yeah, okay. I see the rail that you make for it actually looks really good. Yeah. You definitely make some really cool stuff. Anyways, if you guys are thinking about buying the Uzi, I'm telling you, it's definitely a fun gun. It's comfortable to shoot. I mean, it's a nine millimeter, so it doesn't have a lot of recoil. And it's just one of those things that like definitely turns heads at the range and it's iconic. I mean, I don't know. I personally like when I shoot it, it kind of like makes me giggle, which sounds stupid, but that's what it does. It just brings a smile to your face. So if you want to check that out, head on over to IWI.us. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15. That's all one word. That's going to get you 15% off any of the accessories that you find on their website. I also noticed that you've been working on similar chassis for the SIG P320. How's that coming along? I put that on the back shelf. There, I mean, there's already one made. There's a company that, uh, shoot. Their names is it flux, not flux. Um, I can't, and I feel bad that I can't remember their name because I'd like to to give them a proper shout out. Uh, they actually own the patent for making chassis for the 320 drop ins, and they have a patent, and it's more for changing calibers. They told me, and they said this because I'm also doing it for the root. I did one for the Ruger 5.7, which they already had a patent filed for, but they let me continue because, you know, they're more concerned about me taking the trigger mechanism and then developing it for a different caliber or a larger bore, stuff like that, uh, which they're more geared towards developing. So anyway, uh, Flux actually, I believe they actually had to license through this company in order to make theirs and, you know, and I had an agreement with them that if my Ruger came out and the Ruger 5.7, like hit it big, my MP5.7 chassis, that then I'd work out, you know, something with them in, in lines of royalties. But it actually, it's popular, but it never actually hit the market like I thought it was going to. So I'm actually just discontinuing it and kind of keeping it as a one-off basis uh, for customers that really, really want it. Hmm. I'm not going to mass produce it anymore because it was just too much. Like for that gun, I was actually outsourcing to a company that has the same style 3D printer that Hmm. I do, that I have, but it's able to do uh, glass filled nylon and able to do a larger production scale. So I was paying them to make the chassis. And uh, it's just because it was taking so long for them to sell and stuff, I just had to discontinue. It was was a sad thing because I, spent a lot of money in in design and development for it but you know it's one of those risks you take yeah uh, i was gonna say it kind of just it's sort of the territory that you know you take with you know having a business and kind of taking those risks and sometimes it's like hit or miss yep yeah no i mean but it's fun and it taught me a lot like while i was doing it you know i learned a lot about certain things that i'd never tried before so Mm -hmm. definitely cool people love it uh it's I think it's a very beautiful chassis. Um, it's very cool because it's thin and it's sleek. And mm-hmm. um, but eh, you know, yeah, lessons learned. <laughs> yeah, right. You're like, it's okay. I'm never gonna financially recover, but it's all right. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, no. Yeah, five seven is a very expensive round. And testing yeah. that. Thing, woo, 
I know. That was rough. Right. Um, so it was fun. Yeah. Last question. Is there any exciting like future plans or products that you have in the works that you could share with listeners? Uh, well, not really. I mean, uh, I am going to really do working on the, a speed loader for the P90 mag. That's like, uh, it's one of those things that I've been finally getting around to. I'm bringing in a, a friend to help me design it actually. Hmm. So that's, that's a, a kind of a, a new major thing. Um, other than that, uh, I'm building a full size, life size R2D2. So yeah. Wait, what is that? Uh, an I'm a big, big Star Wars fan. And so, okay. I'm so that's, out. that's probably why I didn't understand the reference. Cause I don't watch, I've never watched Star Wars. <gasps> I know anybody that I say yes. that to, they're just like, how could you not? And I'm like, I don't know. I have a life. I wasn't a nerd as a kid. I was like the popular. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was that mean popular girl. And no, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. So what, so for those who don't watch Star Wars, like, what is that? So it's a, it's the, one of the main robots in the movies. Uh, it's R2D2 and it's like a three and a half foot, four foot, tall robot and it's a little dome guy uh and so i'm building a one-to-one scale actually for for fun uh just out of just for shits and giggles nice you know it's it has all these electronics that i have to put into it and program and it's it's a lot to bite off and chew but yeah i wonder Um, would you consider if somebody has any interest would you consider selling these uh yes and no it, it depends on, on how well mine turns out and, you know, uh, the amount of work, you know, there's forums and stuff. There's people most like you end up getting involved with all these other super nerds that have been doing this for years. And there's like guys that sell certain parts, but nobody really sells completely built ones. There's one licensed one that's being sold, I think in Florida at Disneyland mm-hmm. or Disney world that is, mm-hmm. but yeah. And that's the other thing is like selling it. Then you kind of get into licensing with Lucasfilms and Disney. And Oh yeah, that's count. true. <laughs> yeah. Not going to mess with those guys. They're, yeah. They're, yeah. That makes know. sense for people who want to check out your stuff online or follow you on social media, where can they find you? So online is customsmithmfg.com and that's my website. And then everything else is the same. It's customsmithmfg for Instagram and customsmithmfg for Facebook. That's pretty much all the, the you know, social media that I do. I don't do TikTok or anything like that. I'm still, I'm kind of old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so, let's face it. If you did TikTok, you'd probably get kicked off or, you know, your stuff would get deleted anyways. I have no patience for TikTok. I get it. And then Twitter, I don't know. I can't, I still can't figure that shit out. So I oh, get it. <laughs> and the other, the other cool thing that I'm doing though, is uh, it's a side business, which, uh, I'm going to be starting to promote soon, but, uh, I'm doing a uh, machine gun rentals out here in Phoenix. So oh, nice. is, yeah. Uh, BrassBucketList.com is, is us. And, uh, so I have all my machine guns ready to go and I have a, a deal worked out with the range. So corporate wow. party, stuff like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, next time I come to Phoenix, I'm definitely going to hit you up. Oh yeah, please do. Yeah. No, we definitely take you out and show you a good time. So cool. All right, moving forward with the rest of the show, Caldwell.
You guys are familiar with their steel targets. They also have paper targets. Their orange peel targets that stick to the backstop and give you that visible impact so that you can see your hits. They also have reactive self-healing targets. The Duramax self-healing targets are made from a ballistic polymer that heals so that you can shoot them thousands of times. They'll bounce around on the ground after impact. Essentially, you kind of have like a moving target as well. Definitely check those out at caldwellshooting.com. Remember, if it's your first order, use the code GUNFUNNY10. That's all one word. And that is going to get you 10% off. And today in politics. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. Gun industry files federal lawsuit in New York. Last week, the National Shooting Sports Foundation and 14 fire manufacturers, distributors, and retailers, including Beretta, Glock, Ruger, Sig, and Smith & Wesson, filed a lawsuit in federal court last week against New York Attorney General Letitia James in her official capacity for New York's new, quote, public nuisance law. The law was signed by disgraced Governor Andrew Cuomo in July and allows at the state level suing members of the gun industry, including manufacturers and mom and pop local gun stores for the criminal misuse of firearm by a customer. This law was signed in clear violation of the 2005 Federal Protection of Law Commerce and Arms Act, which protects manufacturers from frivolous lawsuits based on criminal misuse of their products. The left have long tried to claim the PLCAA shields the gun industry from all lawsuits, which is untrue. It protects against lawsuits for criminal misuse of the products, which isn't allowed in any other industry either. Lawrence Keene of NSSF, he said, this law is not about making our community safer, but rather, as former Governor Cuomo once proclaimed, to impose on the firearm industry a death by a thousand cuts Today's lawsuit will end this unconstitutional attack on the businesses, large and small, vital to American Second Amendment rights. Letitia James responded, saying that she would aggressively defend the controversial new law. Anti-gun groups like Everytown rallied to support the law, calling it a new chapter in the gun safety movement. This case will be important since there are several other states like California looking to violate federal law in a similar manner to hurt the firearms industry. I don't know if you guys heard, but right now, I guess support for gun control is at an all-time low, which is great. But anti-gun groups, I mean, I think they're aware of this. So they're trying their best, you know, to hurt the Second Amendment in ways that would make it more difficult, I guess, financially for everyone in the gun industry, which it's ridiculous that a law like this could even move forward because it just seems so ridiculous. And like I said, nobody else has this in any other industry like anything, you know, I mean, cars or anything else that could potentially cause harm to somebody. I don't know. But we'll just have to pay attention and see how this all pans out. Do you have anything to add to that, Michael? No, you pretty much you're right. It's it's amazing. These laws, don't, they only pass because the way that they present them is a feel good sort of presentation of, you know, oh, it has to protect the people and the the children and stuff. And these people are getting away with murder because they're allowing these weapons to, to be misused and stuff. And it, it's amazing. Cause you know, as I'm actually, you know, as a manufacturer, you know, it's like, I can be sued if I have something to go wrong with my weapon or a product, if it's at my fault, you know, manufacturing default, but 
you know, there's no way I should be able to be sued if, you know, somebody decides to become crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it's, uh, you know, and it's just, it's, it's a, sh- it, it is a shame that, uh, people logic has just been left, you know, out the door for years now. It mm-hmm. seems, and it keeps on getting worse. I know. I know. It's so frustrating. Manicore arms. Are you familiar with Manicore Arms, Sven? Okay, because I was actually talking to him yesterday, and then I was just like, I think he asked like who my next guest was, and I was like, oh, Custom Smith Manufacturing. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm a really big fan of everything that they're doing over there. That's good that you know him, because I'm like, well, that would be awkward. Here he's like, you know, fangirling over you, and you're like, who? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so if you guys are looking for like a foreign for, let's say, an AR Definitely check out the transformer rail. My biggest fear is like buying stuff. And then let's say it like, you know how like key mod was all the rage. And then now people are like, Ooh, you know, key mod. And you know, now it's all about M lock or, you know, whatever. My favorite thing though, is that you can change out the panels so that it could accept really any accessory. I mean, they have like the Picatinny rails, the scales, the key mod, the M lock. It's essentially future proof. I mean, the worst thing, like, let's say, you know, they come out with some new way to mount your accessories and now you're like, well, cool. I really like this accessory, but, you know, my handguard on my AR is not going to accept it. Well, now it will. If you want to check that out, they're available in nine inch, 13 inch and 15 inch versions. They range from anywhere from $135 to $165, depending on the length. Remember, though, you're not going to pay that because you'll use the code AVAROCKS15. That's all one word. And that's going to get you 15% off your entire order. And that is at manicorearms.com. Today's Q&A. And as always, guys, if you have a question to ask, just head on over to gunfunny.com. Click on the contact us form and ask away. It could be anything. It could be gun related. It could be about my personal life to a degree. Yeah, it could be relationship advice. I mean, I don't know how great I'd be at relationship advice. I mean, I'm 35 and I'm not married. I don't know. I mean, take that with a grain of salt. But yeah, ask away. Today's question is any New Year's resolutions? I've kind of given up that whole like resolution thing. Like I'm a big believer that you are the driver of your life. You know, I mean, you were in charge of our life. If we don't like it, who needs to wait for a new year to change that? You know, at any given moment, you could change whatever you know, something that you don't like, you know, we have shitty things that happen to us. I've had, you know, bad things that have happened to me, but yet I think we kind of determine we could accept it or, you know, play victim, or we could just continue to move forward and make the most out of our life. I have decided that one thing I need to work on is complimenting people. And it's weird. I think maybe I'm not alone, but and I think I think this is actually more of a well, maybe it's not. I was going to say maybe it's more of a female thing, but I don't think it is. But maybe men are the same way. But, you know, when you like let's say you look at somebody and Michael, it could be like your wife and you think to yourself like, oh, wow, she looks really pretty today. But we don't vocalize that. Do you ever do that? Um, yeah, I, I actually I tend to vocalize stuff like that just because. I'm really bad at making conversation. So so you're like trying to fill that awkwardness. You're like, hey, babe, you look really hot today. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, and my dog just looks up at me like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, your dog's like, dude, you already have a ring on it. Calm down. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I, I definitely tend to like notice something about somebody where I'm like, wow, they're really well-spoken or, you know, I really like their hair or, you know, whatever, but I don't vocalize it. And I think with just with all, you know, things that people have to deal with every day. I mean, let's face it, we're all our own biggest critics and constantly fighting like battles in our heads and stuff that like, you know, I think that it would be good to compliment people more often. I guess that's one thing that I'm trying to work on. But I mean, other than that, like, I feel like 2022 is actually going to be a really good year. I just signed on my second house. All the contracts have been completed for that. So I'm excited. So I'll be moving into a new house. I'm going to rent out my current house. I am thinking about starting another business, which is in the works. Still looking into that. So it's still very much like in the infancy stage. Oh, and then I also have some really cool sponsors that I signed that will start uh, here in like a few months to five months from now. So excited to announce that as well. But yeah, I think 2022 overall is going to be a really good year. What do you think 2022 is going to bring? I mean, figure after 2020 and 2021, I'm mean, like, it can only get better, right? <laughs> yeah, I have mixed views on that. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I honestly, I personally, I think it's going to be fine. I think it's going to be great. Um, globally, I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, I, I pay attention to global crisis. I'm watching the Ukraine very closely. I've been watching China very closely. Yeah. Um, I think that it's going to be a very trying time for the country. And um, the only optimism I have is, is that, you know, we're in a new election cycle. I saw that, you know, there's, there's being a, a mass exodus of, of Dems from the House uh, that are retiring, which is good news. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of opportunities for things to change in our government for the midterms, uh, which, you know, I look forward to, but uh, there's a lot of things going on that, you know, taking it with a grain of salt. But I think, you know, for me, for my family and my life, I think it's going to be great. You know, that for my close personal life, I think it's going to be fantastic, but globally, I'm not too optimistic, actually. Yeah, actually, I mean, I could definitely understand that. And I was, I think I, I just um, had this conversation Well, I wrote something on my Facebook because yesterday I got notified that, you know, you know, I signed the contract for my house and then the builders just signed the contract and everything's like in the works. And I was saying something that isn't completely but it sort of makes you think like there's just so many variables right now, so many things that don't make sense that it's like adding to this formula that could be almost the perfect formula for just like a complete crash or a complete, you know, I mean, something is going to happen. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot building up. To yeah. This, I think. Yeah. I think every country in the, on the planet's had enough. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but. I think, yeah, I think you're right. But I think unlike you, I guess I'm, I'm more just, you know, I've been paying more attention to like what's going on within our country and not outside, like in the world. And, and I'm sure you're right. Like, I mean, all these countries, I think that there's going to be something very interesting to happen. Yeah. I don't know. You know, with that, I mean, that's why I say it's like, I've found that it's better to, to keep 
my attention though on my family and on my friends around me. So you don't lose um, your mind. <laughs> well, yeah. One, but, so I don't lose my mind, but so I keep my eye on the ball. They're my loved ones, right? The family and friends. They're the ones that I, I need to keep safe. And so with keeping an eye on global politics and the politics within our country itself, you know, you need to be ready for such things, you mm-hmm. know, like say, you know, natural disaster just happened, like huge natural disaster. You have to be ready to be able to step up and, and help out and take care of too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's one of those mindset things that you want to make sure that you're staying positive and you love the people. Cause when you have love, it's very easy to take care of somebody, you know, even your neighbors that you don't know so well, if you have enough love in your heart or whatever, you know, it's easy to step in and help out. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't try to, to listen to all the global doom and gloom and then just be like, well, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to curse on your podcast. But. I mean, I've been cursing this whole day. It's just one of those days, you know? <laughs> yeah. You're allowed to do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Um, okay, cool. So yeah, Michael, he's trying to, you know, stay positive. He's not as positive. I'm a lot more optimistic and we're just going to go with, Hey guys, you know, compliment people when compliments are due and we're going to end it at that. Yeah. Cause that went down a deep hole. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) It really didn't. I'm actually like super interested in all of this stuff. That's why I wanted to talk about it on Facebook and like hear what other people, cause I'm just like, there's just so many things, but I'm more concentrated on, you know, within America and I'm like, I don't know, like housing's at an all-time high. There's a lot of people that aren't working, that are collecting unemployment. You know, there's businesses that, you know, are just struggling to just hire. Like they're constantly having shortages due to work staff and stuff. And I'm like, it's just, there's just so much going on that I'm like, eventually it's going to be the perfect formula for just a disaster. And so I'm right. and kind of just uh, sitting uh, back watching it all. Yeah. And honestly, on that note, I, I was noticing how they're talking about how you know, because this new, you know, influx of Omicron and COVID, yeah. um, it's hurting. And, but it's like, I think it's also, it could become the catalyst where people finally wake up and they're like, you know what, who is the actual scientist and where is the actual data? Yeah. Cause we need to fix this. We're tired of being told this and that, Yeah. you know, and things getting to a logic normal instead of a scary normal. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, did you read in the news the other day they were like and the flu is surprisingly coming back after taking a year off. Yeah. Did you read that like CNN like literally was just like, yeah, the flu last year kind of, you know, we didn't see a lot of flu cases, but it's starting to, you know, come back again. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like how if nothing else like this whole freaking pandemic has just been a huge insult to anybody with half intelligence. Exactly. And I mean, the, the biggest kicker was yesterday that Fauci from the CDC came out and he says, we're noticing that it has a bad impact on society if you're going to quarantine for two weeks. Yeah. So we're just going to cut that. Make it half. to five. I know. Yeah. Instead yeah, of 10 like, days, now it's five minute. days. I know. But um, science? No. Yeah. No, I know. No anyway, so <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's like, oh, it's just amazing to me that people actually still even believe any of this. And, it, yes. and if anything, I'm like, it just makes me question like how stupid society is. I'm like, I always gave them the benefit of the doubt. And I'm just like, okay, okay. Everyone clearly has like no intelligence, but whatever. It's sad. It, it really is. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about something a little more positive. Tacti Talk. 
discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Marlin 1895 BSLs are now shipping from Ruger. If you guys remember, a year ago, Ruger acquired the intellectual property tools and inventory with over 100 truckloads for the Marlin Firearm lines from Remington's bankruptcy. Over the last year, they've been getting production up and running, and the 1895 SBL in 4570 is the first Marlin lever gun to return to production. The BSL is a stainless steel with gray laminate stock and a long top rail for adding optics along with an integrated peep sight and fiber optic front sight. They also have a big lever loop and 19 inch barrel with a six plus one capacity. One of the other really cool things about the SBL is the barrel comes threaded, which is pretty cool considering how many big bore suppressors are available now. The new SBLs are heading to shelves now and more 1895s are planned to start shipping this year, as well as the model 336. MSRP on the SBL is 1399 Kind of interested to see. I'm sure that they're going to have it at SHOT Show. Are you going to SHOT Show by chance? I'm actually opting out. I had a couple opportunities to go, uh, just even just myself to go and get a booth. But because I told it that, uh, that you have to have a mask the entire time, mm-hmm. I just... I physically can't. So. I know. I so that's I was just again talking to somebody yesterday in the industry and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing because I just I booked my hotel from Monday to Friday and I'm like, why do I want to stay that long? And I'm starting to think, I don't know, in a way I'm like, oh, this could be nice because there's not going to be a lot of people there, but yet there's still going to be a lot of companies that are attending. So there's not going to be a ton of foot traffic, which I can't stand like just you know like trying to walk down just a row and like there's just people stopping like just in the middle and I don't know I just can't stand any of that and like it's just too people-y but then I also saw so I'm staying at the Venetian and even within the hotel it's like it said whether you're vaccinated or not which I'm not vaccinated I have no desire to get vaccinated that you have to wear a mask at all times. So I'm like, cool. So we're within the Sands Expo as well. And I don't know. I mean, honestly, like I don't, yeah, I don't like wearing a mask at all. I could do it for short periods of time. Anytime I have to fly, I literally, I hate it because it's like the longest that I have to wear a mask. And if anything, it drives me to drink because during like a layover, you always find like the quickest bars. You're like, screw it. This is where I'm going to stay until my flight takes off, just so you don't have to wear the mask. And then you're trash by the time, you know, you get into your second flight. But but yeah, I don't know. So now I'm like starting to wonder if I should just go for like maybe two days because I don't think I could handle, you know, the whole week. Yeah, it's funny. The one thing that I'm curious about is, I mean, I've been to shot a few times before and it's it's always like before this whole pandemic thing. Right. Like there is the, the virus that goes around. Shot. Yeah. Like I just. You know, I'm like, wow, is that still going to happen? <laughs> you know, I know. Like, I was like, I bet you, you know, because I mean, it's everybody's touching everything and, you know. Yeah, that's. I think people are more aware about being sick now, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't, you know, it's like I, I don't mess. I mean, I know that they really don't do anything unless you're physically ill and, you know, sneezing out yeah. something. Yeah. So 
I don't know. I just find it interesting. I, um, that's the only, like, that's the only reason why I'd want to go. Yeah. <laughs> just to see if the regular shot virus right. goes around. I mean, I'm yeah. sure it's going to, it's like, I mean, yeah. actually last or two years ago when I went, I didn't get sick. And I think the year before I didn't get sick, but other than that, like every year I used to get like deathly ill, but I've gotten smarter and I'm like a total germaphobe. So if I do touch anything, I have wet wipes on me. I try not to shake hands unless it's like, you know, somebody that you're not going to have the balls to be like, oh, sorry, I don't shake hands, you know, but usually I'm just like, hey, okay, let's just, you know, elbow pump it. <laughs> but I'm also kind of interested to see, you know, because there's so many people in the industry that are like, I'm not wearing a mask. That's stupid. And I wonder if it's almost going to shut the show down because there's going to be so many people that are refusing to wear masks. Yeah, it's going to be very like curious. how the like Sans Expo is going to even react to that. And if they're eventually going to be like, look, guys, if people can't wear a mask, we're shutting the show down or, you know, if there's going to be something like that, which I could almost see to a degree because most of the gun industry is just like, no, I'm not wearing that, you know. Yeah. The only know. other thing that I'm really interested in is, is actually like what is going to be released because generally, like, especially around now, you start getting emails and stuff like, oh, look out for this. This is coming. It's going to be announced. That like. I have not been seeing many like, oh, we have something to announce a shot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm not on the list anymore. Well, I was just <laughs> looking at the new exhibitors and new products, and there was quite a few stuff that was already added. I know of a few manufacturers that are coming out with new guns, but I do wonder. I think also like a lot of these manufacturers and companies have been so busy with demand the last two years that they haven't really had a lot of time or the resources to put in the manpower to produce anything new just because they're trying to fulfill all of the orders. I don't know. It will be interesting to see. I guess time will tell very shortly from now. GSM Outdoors. Cold Steel, it's almost overwhelming the amount of blades that they have to choose from. They have tons of like bigger hunting blades, swords. Their EDC blades are really pretty cool. They've also got a new one called the click and cut folder that has this like thick replaceable blade so that you can change between different blades or different blade types or uh, change them out when they get dull. But since they're also thicker, you can also still sharpen them. It's not like the minute they get dull, like, okay, change it out. But they have these for only $27.99 and they actually look really cool. And I would imagine that after Christmas with everyone opening packages and stuff, like you probably realize that your blade probably sucks and it's pretty dull. And also, I mean, most people that keep like a pocket knife, like those things go through the works. Or if it doesn't, you're not using your pocket knife correctly because it should be going through the works and it should look like complete crap. Like you, you know, you use it every day in a way it would be kind of nice just to have something where it's like, Hey, the blade gets dull. All right, let's just change it out. And you can't beat it for the price. But if you want to check that out, along with all their other knives that they have, head on over to coldsteel.com. Remember, if you use the code gunfunny20, all one word, you're going to get 20% off your entire order. Stupid. Funny. Cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. AF. Today's AF segment is kind of interesting. An Amazon Echo device 
basically tried to kill a 10-year-old girl yesterday. The Echo, if you don't know, is Amazon's device that runs Alexa, which you can talk to, have it play music, all that other good stuff. One of the other things that it does is provide challenges if you ask them to. A 10-year-old girl asked her Echo for a challenge, and it responded with plug in a phone charger about halfway into the wall outlet, then touch a penny to the exposed prongs. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly doing so would short the connection and shock the girl, potentially fatally. Amazon responded via email that as soon as they became aware of the error, they quickly fixed it. Which, how on earth does an error like this happen? They can't just pull random challenges off the internet and suggest them to people since so many internet challenges are not safe, especially like with TikTok and stuff. And, you know, like all those challenges like eat Tide Pods and, you know, just all those dumb things. The article that Alexa referenced with its suggestion was actually an article about how dangerous it was and how it had become a bizarre TikTok trend in 2020. The article even states that obviously do not attempt this but Alexa still suggested it. The girl's mother said that although it was shocking, it was a good benefit of providing an opportunity to talk to her kids about internet safety and not believing everything that you see or hear online to be true. But that's, I mean, that's pretty crazy. It sounds like somebody was like, almost like it wasn't really a programming error. It was more intentional by maybe a mad programmer. I don't know. Yeah, it seems more of a flaw actually because the algorithm would have just been able to pick it up, you know, as a challenge that was out there or something. You think it was a flaw as yeah, opposed to I, like I, an I, intentional? I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're yeah. the IT guy. So tell us, you know, was this, yeah, was no, somebody it, trying it, well, to, you know, you have know, somebody harm themselves? <laughs> I mean, unless, you know, um, what is it? You know, the AI, uh, from the Terminator movies, you know, uh, cybernet or whatever they call it. Uh, mm-hmm. but no, it's, um, I, I think it's a complete flaw. You know, it was a bad algorithm. Yeah. You know, they would have to definitely treat. But and I mean, honestly, I can't really comment too much on it for a specific reason. But I, I would have to think, though, that Amazon would, I would think that they would have safeguards into something like this, that they would have to screen these before they approve them. Yeah. But it's like they just were trusting in the algorithm to let it roll. Yeah. You know, have it spit it out. And honestly, you know, maybe. I mean, hopefully it's going to give them an opportunity to completely rework their system and and put in safeguards. Mm -hmm. That's, that's amazingly crazy. I know. I know. I'm so glad the girl didn't do it. Yeah. This reminded me of, I mean, that was my older brothers, you know, when I was a little kid, they're like, here, stick this fork in the socket and see what happens. (laughs) I know. Isn't it amazing? Like you think about half the things you did when you were a little kid and you're like, I'm so glad that you're surprised that you're actually still alive that you made it this far. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Especially when you have siblings, although I was the older sibling. And so I was like, instead of cutting my own hair when I was little, you know, kids go through that phase where they cut their own hair. They give, they find Mm -hmm. scissors. I'd like do it to my sister. I cut her hair and it was really bad. She looked like a little monkey because I cut her bangs like right at her forehead. (laughs) She just had these little hairs like sticking out. It was kind of (laughs) funny. All right, so it's time to wrap up. Before we do so, though, iTunes reviews. Michael, I'm going to have you pick either the first review or the second, whoever you think gave the best review. First review is Heinz Rules, titled Joe Who, five stars. This is a podcast I've been listening to for a little over a year now, and I find myself checking to see if Ava has a new episode, even before the great and powerful Joe Rogan. What? 
Her knowledge and product reviews are top-notch, and she is deeply appreciated by myself and my girlfriend, who, by the way, recently landed a job in the industry, thanks in part to Ava. Couldn't recommend this podcast enough, Love from Florida, which I'm kind of interested how, well, I'm interested what job and how that was in part to me, because I haven't made any recommendations or given any, you know, character references lately. So I don't well, you know. Ava, I think you're just very inspiring. Yeah, that must be it. <laughs> That's my compliment for the new year. <laughs> I'm complimenting you. And but, then yeah. and then the second review is I don't know, A Z N V dub, maybe Arizona N V dub. I don't know. Titled Best Part of Monday, five stars. It's always a silver lining to the Monday morning blues, but turning into Gun Funny helps get the week rolling. With her great lineup of guests and industry current news, it keeps me up to date in what's going on and what to expect. Keep up the great work, Ava. Looking forward to what the show has coming and how far you'll take it. Also, can't wait to see you host the Gundies. All right. Well, thank you guys for two wonderful reviews. Michael, who do you think should be the winner? I would definitely go with the first one. I, I really liked it. Uh, it was nice that, you know, he talked about his wife and everything and, and that things were going positive. They're both great reviews, obviously, but yeah. I, would, I would say number one. Yeah. And I mean, if nothing else, like congrats on the new job and also compare me to Joe Rogan, like, OMG, <laughs> move over. Who wants my autograph? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Heinz rules, contact me at gunfunny.com. Click on the contact us form and send me a good address to send the prize packs out to, which guys, I have not gotten around to sending them out in I think a month. If you guys haven't received your prize pack, just hang tight with the holidays and stuff. It was just a little crazy, but I'm going to be doing that here in the next week. Just be patient. If you guys want to support the show, I would highly recommend becoming a Patreon it gets you access to our patreon only facebook group lots of fun we just did a secret santa that was really cool last week we had the patreons on for the holidays just a really good group of people but yeah like i said if you enjoy the show you want to contribute head on over to gunfunny.com click on the support the show link and you'll become a patreon also blown deadline just awesome sarah coder he's giving away a 300 giveaway to a lucky patron each month. Whether you give $3 a month or $250 a month, you get entered into the drawing for Blown Deadline. Also want to thank the $25 patrons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Sake Holsters, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Callamore, and Melissa Ridings. King of the Patreon is Jon Snow. He wants me to say, why did Operator Tickles cross the road? She had her reasons, and you'll drop the subject if you know it's good for you. All right, Michael, thank you so much for joining me. And can you remind listeners once again where they can find your products online? Yeah, it's customsmithmfg.com. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel by the same name, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, for this show, I'm running a coupon code if I'm allowed. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. Sure, it's uh, $5 off any order. The coupon code is FJB. FJB. All right, cool. I'm going to put that in the show notes. So if you guys don't remember, just uh, click on the show notes and it'll be right there, right under deconstructing the industry. And on that note, we are out of here, guys. Have a great week. Hope everyone has a great new year and I will see you guys next week. Want to send feedback? 
tell us about a company or anything else, go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.